ready to episode 1-1 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fan's newest and, dare I say, almost most exciting podcast. Biases aside, I'm Stephen Myring, Taylor's on the boards. Joining me today is a veritable cavalcade of stars, including Josh Curry. Hey, everyone. Davey Tesnovich. Hey. Peter Treisenberg. Hello. Marcos Gaspar. Howdy. And the legend of heroes, Trails in the Sky. Uh, you've probably listened to episode zero by this point, but uh, just to do a quick recap in case you ignored that one, basically this is going to be our new podcast where we spend a few episodes each month talking about a different game that we're all playing through. And if our super clever Super Mario-style numbering scheme has not given it away, we're going to be numbering them sort of like seasons, so all of this particular game will be 1-1, 1-2, 1-3, so you can follow along, you know, if there's a particular game you want to ignore or, you know, you want to get into the middle of it, all of the second episodes are going to be sort of us in the midst of the game. These first episodes, like this one, are going to be us having just started the game. In this case, uh, the group has completed the prologue, and so we're going to be having our sort of introduction to the game and what we're thinking and what we're playing it on. And then the final episode, which will usually air at the end of the month, will be after we've finished it, what our final thoughts are. Was it a Mass Effect 3-style flaming catastrophe, or was it a great ending Kingdom Hearts 2-style? bias again, but I forgive me. <laughs> Anyways, gentlemen, uh, I'm going to leave it to, I believe, I'm just going to uh, throw it to the four of you to discuss Trails in the Sky. Where does it come from? Where did it go? Well, I also think first we should say, obviously, since this we're playing through the game, there's going to be massive amounts of spoilers. Yes, every episode of this, spoiler territory. Uh, I would assume that, at least for those of us that haven't played through it yet, and we'll, maybe I think when you start talking, uh, introduce you know how your familiarity with the game if you've played it before, uh, and what platform you're playing it on. But uh, I would assume we won't have a ton of spoilers in this one, just because we none of us or some of us have not played it before. But I would definitely say, in general, assume if you're listening to this show, you're going to get spoiled. You should play along with us. But again, we, we might talk about who the final boss is. <laughs> it's sure. Sephiroth. <laughs> We haven't done a Final Fantasy VII episode yet. Spoilers! Oh, and what? I Sephiroth's the final do. boss? That's oh. Well, I mean, Sephiroth with no shirt on and a fabulous cloud. We're talking about Trails in the Sky. Joshua and Estelle. So, speaking of Joshua, how are you coming at this game, Josh Curry? Uh, it really caught me off guard that the person was named me. And then it's even worse that he's not a main character. Well, he is a main character, but he's not the main character. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually sort of surprising. Uh, I didn't realize that Estelle was sort of more of the main character. Joshua is sort of her her bro. Yeah. Her boo. Her boo. Yeah. Well, you know, it's her bro boo. You know, not to not to dive too much into my early impressions, but early on in the game, it is very much a prototypical anime game where it's like, oh, the brother and sister, and they, you know, he came to the family, you know, a few years ago, and he's not their real brother, but he sort of is. And can we just point out that the introduction of him is like the creepiest thing ever? Yeah, he he asks. <laughs> I wrote this down. He asks Cassius, "Why didn't you leave me to die?" No, before he's, that, he's Cassius eleven shows- years old. Cash shows oh. up and he's like, "Hey, I got a present for you. It's oh a boy." <laughs> if someone did that to me, I'd be like, "Uh, thanks, bye." <laughs> you know, maybe not. I'm not averse to kids or anything, but you know, that just seems like a crappy gift. 
I mean, like, unless uh, you want kids. Or, I'm or getting or off on a tangent. One. Okay. Yeah, it's true. If you if you want kids, and I guess someone brings you one, I still feel like that would be an odd situation. Uh, for sure. But yeah, so Estelle freaks out. That was a great moment. It implied kidnapping is not the best way to obtain siblings. I'm sorry, Estelle. <laughs> it was really effective, though, in this case. Yeah, and you know they 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 grew really tight. Uh, you know they they have their you know little speech early on in the game. No matter what, you're still my son, even if you're not my real son, you're my son, and yeah, I'll buy I'll buy that. Uh, no, so um, they they eat, the NPCs lampshade uh, Estelle and Joshua a lot, even I in agree, the first yeah. area. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that, and I, I think you know I, I've I've made no secret in other podcasts and that I sort of I I started playing this game, and actually, as it turns out, I basically finished the prologue, um, and. For me, I was sort of like, oh, this is such a tropey, sort of ugly game. And I know that it's an older game and that we can't make fun of Falcom games because they're perfect and amazing. But, you know, for me, prior to restarting it recently for, for this show, my impression was, okay, I've watched a lot of anime. I've played a lot of Japanese games. I'm not seeing anything in this very early on that seems especially unique or interesting. It's like, oh, here's like one trope on top of another, a turn-based battle yeah. system. For sure. Uh, uh, I was going to say, um, the, the one thing it maybe has going is it's got like, you know, the really stereotypical plucky youth protagonist, but it's a girl. Yeah. And, you know, I, not, again, not to monopolize the whole discussion, but, you know, I've been I've played I played further than the prologue. I actually I think I'm near the end of the first chapter, uh, not the game first chapter, but the first chapter of the first game. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm actually warming up to it. I, I'm getting a very like good Tales vibe where it's not like again I'm gonna hate on Tales of Excelia here but it it takes tropes but then it sort of not it not necessarily subverts them but does really interesting things to them it tells them well uh, the writing is is fantastic uh, you know nobody oh, yeah. nobody doubts yeah. exceeds ability yeah, to for sure. this game but you know they have such personality and that even when it's a, a, a sequence I've seen a million times like oh look Estelle's being dumb and impulsive again her writing and the way the other characters react to it, it's very anime, but it's also very endearing. Yeah, the flavor text is, like, right on. It's eventually endearing. Yes, yeah, it's not, I, I would agree that not right away. So I, we kind of, in the pre-show, were discussing how far we actually went. It seems like I went farther than most everybody. Um, I think we're at the same point, Josh. I, okay. I just finished the prologue uh, a couple of hours ago. Okay. Um, I... The first bit was, I found dreadfully boring and frustrating and long it was rough. well every single explanation for everything in the world <laughs> and then the same like every conversation when they talk about something they'll be like well Estelle you're an idiot you won't get this Baka. <laughs> it's just like yeah. we, they went so many times like I, I need this to end well it, it definitely gets off to a slow start I, I think that's the best way to describe it. It's a slow start, and I don't think right away it justifies its own existence. It's like, oh my gosh, we get it. We know all of these tropes. Stop over-explaining them to us. They work for a monster-hunting guild. They're plucky. She's dumb. The dad is a legendary yeah. hero, but we don't know why, and probably has a dark she's, past. She's sleepy and eats a lot, just like every protagonist ever. They, yeah. they have they have materia. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not materia, Peter. It's ornaments. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I thought you were talking about spheres. <laughs> no, I was talking about the license board. No, that doesn't work. Uh, no, I, I, I agree. I think, and I, you know, I was talking to my roommate about this because he had sort of expressed some interest in the game, and we both in the past had the same experience of 
Hey, I played the beginning of this game. Wow, this is just, it's so, it's very slow burn. They, they, they dump text upon text upon text on you. And it's not like some games where they dump a lot of interesting text. It's, they're dumping all this text that is over explaining things that we knew the moment we saw these characters. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's really interesting uh, because I had a complete, uh, I guess, opposite uh, reaction to the prologue. I find it incredibly uh, fascinating. Um, I think what I really like about it is the, the actual townspeople and the characters. Because while time passes or I guess uh, certain events or triggers uh, are like uh, made or happen or whatever, uh, like the prologue, I mean, uh, prologue, the dialogue between the, the villagers and the main characters change in what's happening. Yeah. And I think that That's was really fun. cool. Yeah, you know, I, that's a that's a really cool subtle thing they do throughout the game is just the passage of time. Like when you turn in your quests and Estelle's like, "Man, I'm B," and you see the, the sun setting, you're like, "Yeah, we we did do a lot today." Well, and I also noticed too, like there was a you know when you finish the first quest or one of the, one of the first bracer quests, and uh, and again this might be getting into chapter one a little bit, but you know, uh, you know as you do things, people react to the jobs you've done, like. Uh, you know, some some kid is missed. There's some uh, the lady's son is missing. Uh, you know, he's off doing something. She's like, I don't know where he is. And you're like, Hey, I'm sort of looking into that right now. Uh, yeah. you know, what's he off doing? Um, I agree. I think you know, early on, it's just like the town is really big, and they're sort of like, All right, go do stuff in town. And you're like, I don't know where anything is. I have a rough map. Um, was, did everybody else get lost? I I couldn't even find the guild originally. I think I spent like 20 minutes trying to find the guild. I did. I figured out there was a map. Yeah, I, I still I, couldn't. Like, I used the map and I couldn't figure it out. I mean, the color the coding helps a lot when you get later in the game and you know what color everything is. <laughs> I, I I get annoyed by um rotate the rotating like rotating mini maps. So once I went into the options and said no, stay fixed north, then I yeah. Does anyone lost. use those? Oh, like, I, what is I, the I point? never do. So later on, um, which I'm not sure how far you guys got, but there, there's you go up a tower. And it's yeah. circular in shape, so you have to spin it to be able to see where actually where some of the passages are. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe I could I could break the discussion into since this is an early podcast uh, or an early game discussion. Uh, how do we feel about the way this game looks? I, uh, I know I'm playing it on a, on a Vita, the PSP version on a Vita, so it's already stretched uh, <laughs> to begin with. Um, I still have use of my eyes, but they're not what they used to be. Because wow, is that some blurry dialogue? I'm playing. I'm, I'm on this. I'm the same. I'm playing the PSP version on a on a slim Vita, and yeah, yeah it's it doesn't look the worst, but it yeah, it's definitely very very stretched out. I'm I'm just gonna go out and say that it looks like shit. Yeah, yeah I just say it looks like. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I, I would confidently say it looks bad, but like I. I played a lot of games that look worse than this. So what I will say is that I like the artwork for the main characters. Um, yeah, I like the character portraits. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, and this could be me being a Falcom heathen, uh, but I think all of Falcom's games look incredibly generic trope anime. Like, I think all of the, most of their artwork, most of their worlds, it's like, oh, this is European fantasy. Gotcha. That's kind of what put me off from trying it at first. Yeah, you know, like, it's like, oh, wooden town. But... I think, you know, again, that all sort of plays into the fact that this is a game whose heart is in its dialogue and, you know, the, the, the relationships with its characters as the game progresses. So I think it's, you know, again, for me, it's good that I've started playing it more because I am sort of charmed by it. Um, you know, it's not the most attractive game, but it has, I would say, great music. And 
Someone's yeah. going to point out to me that I always say I don't like Falcon music, but I actually really like this game's soundtrack. Yeah, the I actually legitimately really listened nice. to the title screen for a while. I just left it up. Yeah. yeah, it's great stuff. And like the main theme that plays in that intro movie is rad. Mm -hmm. ha, I, I hijacked the discussion to music. <laughs> managing it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think I was supposed to talk about Legend of Heroes. Yes, please do, actually. That would be really helpful. So Legend of Heroes is an extensive series of JRPGs made by Neon Falcom. Uh, Trails in the Sky is uh, commonly referred to as uh, Trails in the Sky first chapter because it's mm -hmm. the, the first in a trilogy. And that trilogy composes the sixth entry in the Legend of the Heroes games. So it's sort of and, a, it, it's a trilogy a la Final Fantasy thirteen is a trilogy in as the thirteenth yeah. installment of Final Fantasy. Yes, and uh, and, and um, the way these games seem to go is kind of like uh, Sui Koden, where the stories aren't usually interconnected, but you're learning things about the world and the politics and the setting um, as you go through from game to game. So now uh, this is a question as to, to to I'm totally ignorant on this. You look at the world map, it is a giant world map that is clearly not showing you the entire world. Do the yes. other games take place in this same world, just in different places? Yes. Like I said, very similar to Suikoden in that way. Um, you can you get a lot of little hints in the prologue, especially when they're giving you that vertical wall of information. They're <laughs> like, and this is our relationship with this kingdom that you're not, a, not actually going to see in the game, but whatever. So. Well, that's too bad. I was actually I was hoping that they're using it as foreshadowing that we'd eventually go to those places. Yeah, you do go to a lot of them. Okay. Because yeah. you know, I, I'm I'm to understand this is not a short RPG. Uh, it's not like mega long, but I, I I know it's at least like 35, 40 hours or something like that. Um, so for a game called First Chapter, uh, well, we don't want to discuss the ending yet. Because uh, have you seen? Uh, I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> so okay, okay. So this game originally came out in 2004, and then it came to the United States in 2011. And Exceed had the rights for a long time. They were just working on it because it's really big. Yeah, there's I don't know. a ton of dialogue. Yeah, if you guys have seen the picture of the scenario books for first yeah, and second cool. chapter, second chapter is like three times the size of first chapter. Oh boy. Like the side quest section of book two is almost as big as first chapter. So now is third chapter out in Japan or is it final chapter or is it? Yeah, it's it, it's out in Japan. Um, third chapter. Um, it's um, not continuing the Estelle Joshua storyline. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um. So whereas two occurs like sometime soon after first chapter, I get, third I... is like different land, different people. Um, although there are recurring characters, like all your side people, your guest characters in this game show up. Okay. So I'm, I guess uh, the vibe I get is that second chapter is a golden sun, the lost age to first chapter in terms yes. of it's it. I am told the ending of this game is not a satisfying ending because it's not an ending. It's just a, to be continued. Great. Yeah. I would, I would call it satisfying though, because you get you get a lot of yeah. good leads. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, you know, again, having not made it there yet, I, I I know people are eagerly anticipating second chapter, and I wasn't sure if it was because they just love the first one or if because it's like, I really would like to know what happens in 
all of these situations. So, yeah, I did. I have beaten this game before back in 2012 on the PSP, and I cannot remember any of it. <laughs> well, that must make it fun to play. <laughs> yes. <memorable> game. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I. I remember. I remember liking it, and I remember some specific things. But like, I totally forgot the combat system. And I was playing it again today. And I was like, "Oh, this is uh, this is pretty fun." What a great segue! Because I was going to say, what do you guys think of the way it actually plays? You know, I would say we could talk about combat first because I think that's there's a little more going on in terms of combat than there is in terms of exploration. Um, what do we think about arts and crafts? Arts and crafts, uh, <laughs> silly names, but. I, you know, for me, the positioning of it is actually really interesting. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I would always, like, design hypothetical, amazing JRPGs that I would want to play. And, you know, at the time, I just called them RPGs because I had no conception of it. But it was like, I want a battle system where you can move around because everyone always stands in a line. Well, we have it here. Turn-based system where you move around. Um, and I like that it's sort of that actually... It, it, I don't know that it reveals itself right away, but there's actually a good bit of strategy to the way you move, it seems, because... You know, like, for example, I'll start a battle and the enemies are out of range. So I'll only move, like, two or three squares forward. So that way I know the enemy can't reach me. So then they move forward into range and then I'll team up and hit them or, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, you kind of pull them. Yeah, and I, I also think it's really interesting that there's sort of the, the mechanic of, here's your bar of, uh, I can't remember the, the difference. I think it's SP and LP or something or CP or whatever. CP. EP, EP, yeah. And CP, yeah. Okay, and I, I think it's interesting that one of them is a meter that starts at full and drains. The other one is a meter that starts at empty and you have to fill. That, that creates yeah. a really interesting flow for combat that I think is really to the game's credit because I never feel like I'm sitting on a turn like, oh, I'm just going to hit you because that's all I can do. It's like... Well, I can build up the gauge, or I can and use... At the same time, you also never get in this rut where you feel like, well, I'm just going to do my big move every turn because it's the one that does the most damage. Exactly. And, you know, and also that also encourages you to strategically sort of build up to that big move, you know? Because, uh, yep. you know, at least early on, it seems like you take quite a bit of damage. Like, random dudes will come up and whack Estelle twice, and she's, like, at, like, a quarter of her health. So, you know, it, it seems like... I don't know how hard the game ends up being, but from what I've played so far... It's sort of a healthy level of challenge in that it's not impossibly hard. I'm, I haven't died or anything, but I'm at least thinking about how I'm fighting. It's not like I'm just hitting attack, 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 attack. You have to yeah, respect I, it. Yeah, I think it, it's one of those things that every battle you could actually, for the most part, lose. Um, which adds that it adds a little extra element to it. Because um, you could be wandering. It's like, I just finished this dungeon. I'm going to wander back. I'm going to turn this quest in, essentially. And all and of a sudden... And you get back attacked by a giant ladybug. Yeah, because <laughs> those ladybugs move so fast. Uh. They should do. <laughs> and they're weirdly colored, too. They bother me. Yeah. Could, could that just be the Vita screen? <laughs> That's yeah. possible. Is anybody playing on PC? Uh, me? I, how, how do you feel about, uh, to go slightly off topic, how do you feel about how it looks on PC? Are, are the Is the text in the menus, are they a little clearer? Um, yeah. I imagine the core assets aren't like... You know, incredibly glorious, but at least like the term in terms of the interface and stuff. I, I I didn't have a problem with the text. I'm playing it on a 32 inch uh, HD TV, so the graphics are pretty stretchy. Like the game is kind of blurry, but the the text is sharp. Yeah, for me, I'm playing on a. Uh, I mean, it's some pretty terrible monitor. I don't even know the company, but it's like a 18 inch and. I mean, the res you change the resolutions and it'll come out fine. But I do understand what you mean about the text. Like, even when I try to hit, like start, read certain things, it does come off a little blurry, uh, especially like at a certain point in the screen. 
at first I thought, oh, my 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 display is terrible. But then I moved the uh, the actual uh, window, and then oh, it's the game. Ah, so <laughs> so one really good. One really odd thing is I, I I complain about how I think the visuals look. I actually found the the text charming, like the blurry kind of so? not. I, I, I don't know. There's oh, like so, like that old did it remind you of a easier time. Right, like so. Obviously, like the the aesthetics are like I. It's a PS One looking game, um, and yeah. with the actual graphics, that irritated me. But with the like the actual text, that was where I was like, oh yeah, I remember this time. Like th that brought like that warmth feeling. Yeah, well, you know, you, we sort of take. I think you know, as the you know, hardware marches on and on. You know, we get used to the way text looks, and like you look at the interface in Final Fantasy XIV, and it's very sharp and high resolution. But you go back and look at like Final Fantasy VIII, and it's like, oh my gosh, we can see pixels in the text in the original version of the game, just because we've gotten used to high resolution. You know, like not you know 1900 by 1000 text that you know it it does have that sort of charm where I'm like, yeah, I could have been playing this on PlayStation. And every time Estelle screams, and it like one word takes up the whole screen. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I really like that. Yeah. And it's one of those things, is, it, mm -hmm. like, you do not see that anymore. Um, and that was That's one of those things, like, that That really struck me as, like, this This has that old-time charm. Absolutely. And, and you know, also, too, I, I, we sort of ragged on the graphics a little bit, and I'm not saying that they're amazing, but I do think there's a lot of care put into them. Uh, you know, like, for example, like, when you hit an enemy and the Sephith comes out of them. I like that. That's a that's a tiny detail. And at first, I was like, why are colored things coming out of the enemies? And it's like, oh, it's because they're dropping magic gems. Yeah, like, I think for myself, I think my favorite, like, uh, just thing to watch, um, both graphically and just uh, humorously, are these special attacks during battle, like Estelle's pommel or um, one of Joshua's attacks. Yep, it, and then it just, like, runs up, and it's like this, uh, like, motion... Uh, video thing, whatever, of them doing their cutscene tech. Yeah. It's very Skies of Arcadia, the special moves. Like, they really remind me of, like, Pirate's Wrath! <laughs> no, it, I, I, I definitely get a very, like, there's a lot of emphasis on these characters as personalities, as opposed to them just being sort of static, you know, HP the, boxes. Do you remember being excited whenever I would get a guest character to see their moves, like... Yeah, well, it's, it's again, you know, to, to relate it again to Skies of Arcadia, you know, it was cool when you got a new fourth party member because it's like, this is a person who's going to be totally different. I wonder how they fight. Because, you know, this is before the age of sort of, you know, customize your character to do whatever you want, especially, you know, as we've gotten to, like, later Final Fantasies, like, for example, at 12, you know, unless you're playing the Zodiac job system version, you know, it's just sort of, my character is whatever weapon I give them. You know, yeah. and their quickenings are all sort of, like, cosmic light bursts, so that's irrelevant. You know, they look cool, but they don't have personality to them. Like, I don't look and go, oh, man, it's Pyroclasm, totally Vaughn. Well, I do that one because that's in Dissidia. But, uh, <laughs> you know, with this, it's sort of like the, the attacks are part of the character, and I like that. Sure. It also has Tail-style cut-ins for the special moves, which, I mean, come on, yes. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, those are always yeah. cool. Again, that's a, tr that's a trope of, like, a lot of anime-style games, but it's not one I ever, I hope ever goes away. I'm totally cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's really a strong a strong suit of Trails in the Sky is that while it is very tropey, it's also has a really high amount of like attention to detail. 
like it's just the little things like have you guys been um talking to the treasure chests yes yeah yes the, the fact that if you examine an open treasure chest and then it'll have a little dialogue window like this chest is empty i wonder whose fault that is yeah, I, I, I could be mistaken, but I think we can actually thank Tom from Exceed for that, Tom Lipschultz. Uh, I actually recall him posting on Facebook or something at one point or on their Twitter, you know, a screenshot. And it, there's a there's a reference to the room in this game, and I'm going to find it, and then I'm going to high-five <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, uh, to, to take us maybe a little more into, like, the systems aspect of it, uh, I actually found that while at first I was like, oh, it's just generic turn-based combat... Um, in addition to the movement thing and the different meters you have going on, uh, the way you outfit your characters is actually really interesting. Like the orbment thing, because like you said, it's sort yeah. of materia, but there's it's a lot more customization. Yeah, like... How much did you guys actually use of that, though? I think I've got half of Estelle and Joshua's grids unlocked by now, but I was doing a lot of side quests, and so I had extra. See, so I did every side quest... I had no problems with any single battle. I only had it in what was required when you were doing it. It's like that last lesson thing. Okay. Um, and it, so it, it almost seemed arbitrary and unnecessary. It seemed super interesting. So I wonder, you know, again, I haven't played enough. Like, you know, I've messed around with it a little bit, but I sort of haven't had a ton of options yet either. So, you know, maybe for the folks here who have played the whole game, does it seem like that system sort of justifies itself more as the game goes on, or... I can't remember. I, I, I vaguely feel like it was kind of like Suicoden, where, like, some characters have a really high magic stat, so you use it a lot more. Um... So maybe, uh, maybe that'll be a good question to come back to in our second yeah, episode. for sure. You know, see how we're feeling about the way the system sort of pan out, because... You know, I you know, people talk to death about the the dialogue in this game and the story and how much they love Estelle and Joshua, um, but I, I don't know that a lot of the discussion ever seems to delve into how the game plays and how like mechanically it goes. Because you know, I, when I think of Falcom, you know, I, I again I don't have this sort of abiding love of them that a lot of people do, but you know, I do think of like the the Ease games as having really solid systems in place in terms of their action combat. So I would be surprised if this one turns out to be, yeah, well, you can mess with the orbit, but it doesn't matter. I don't uh, remember being upset with it, so I, I, I don't know. I've been waiting to be forced to use it, because I want to use it, but I see no need to. And so when I'm going through and I'm essentially just oh, wait, grinding wait. through all my battles, I can just, I can go attack, 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 oh, this one needs magic. I throw that one magic attack out and yes. the battle's over. Hmm. That's true. So it's even with, like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's kind of like a square peg, so a square hole thing for that. Uh, so I. It feels like the ornaments. Yeah. Sorry, it feels like the ornaments I have been equipping are let, like I have a few that give some of them give characters new skills. Other than are just seem to be like stat bonuses, and I feel like most of the ones I've been using are just like increased dexterity or, or like just makes you have faster action speed or something yeah see, and I, which is like no <laughs> yeah i could see that being super necessary because the one the counter to that is i bought every possible piece of gear for them and upgraded them like as quickly as i could right 
So that's kind of the same thing. It's just using it through the ordinance. Mm. That was pretty interesting. Uh, <clears throat> for myself, um, I generally whenever I play an RPG, I don't really focus on defense or uh, like things like that. I usually use as much offensive equipment and magic or ornaments as possible. So as soon as the battle starts, I'm already wasting my uh, what is it, EP. EP. Like EP. I'm I'm draining that sucker out because doesn't it get restored when you level up? Yes. Yeah, it does. Yes. Yeah, so like I'm already like gauging when I'm going to level up. And whenever I see like a cutscene happen, and then where I want you to go to it, I'm like, I'm gonna go level up, and then I'm gonna come back if there's like nowhere to uh, rest up or anything. Interesting. Yeah. So you're approaching that with a more strategic angle. I mean, I tend to go pretty aggressive when I when I you know customize my party in RPGs, um, depending on the game. But uh, in, in this one, I I don't know that I've thought of that yet. But that's actually it's interesting that you're actually approaching it from the perspective of you know when can I strategically level up. You know, yeah, like, I was going to say, you got me really excited, Steven, when you said this game had a harp mode, because uh, I forgot, I never saw it, never saw the option, because it's only on a, a second playthrough. Is it? I feel yeah. like it was there at the beginning. It wasn't for me. What, did you, are yeah. you playing on the, you're playing the PSP version? Well, the first time I did, and I didn't remember remember seeing it then either. Hmm. But I I looked it up on the game facts, and they said it has a hard and nightmare mode, but you have to beat the game. That might that might, that might be the case. Um, I don't recall seeing a difficulty option. Well, I remember I remember seeing a difficulty option, but I didn't even look at it because I knew I was going to play through on normal, so I left it alone. Oh. Yeah, like I know, I know, I, I I haven't messed up the difficulty only because again, I wanted to be able to play through this in the time that we're going to allot for it. And <laughs> I, my general tendency to play things on nightmare insane mode would would slow that progress. Slows you down, yeah. <laughs> but you get more mileage. I do, but I do it for glory. But we're <laughs> I'm, do, I'm doing this for for the love of trails. <laughs> so for the love of. T- I don't know if there were any other points any of you wanted to bring up, um, but I was thinking what we could do to sort of wrap up this first episode, because uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty more detail to talk about in the second episode as we've made it further and further into the game. Uh, maybe we could all talk about, you know, give like our, we'll do a Colbert-style final thought. Like, you know, what is what what is your, after playing the prologue and a little more of the beginning of Trails of the Sky, how are you feeling about it? Uh, Davey, go first. Um, well, I already beat the game. I'm really excited that I don't remember as much of it. Um, it feels really, really fresh all over again. And there's just so much care put in the writing. Like, I just want to, I want to find everyone and gobble up all their text. (laughs) Nom, 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 nom. So let's go with someone who I perceived a little more lukewarm. We're not lukewarm, but a little more... Maybe cautious. Josh, what are you thinking? So, I'm playing on my Vita, like I said. So I've gotten in this habit of, because I'm a PlayStation Plus member, I get a lot of free games. And I'll play like the first five minutes, then drop it if I don't like it. That's my life. This (laughs) was one of those games that I absolutely would have dropped. Um, So it was kind of one of those. Originally, I was really frustrated. uh, Because I was like, I have to play this all month. And that originally sounded terrible. I, now that I'm a little bit deeper in, I, I'm really excited because I see that there could be a lot of promise there. 
I'm not convinced that all of it's going to be there, but I guess I'm cautiously optimistic. So you would say you are sitting on the fence. Yeah, I... I'm starting to like Estelle more. Originally, I wanted to strangle her. <laughs> um, Me too. So that, 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 that's a huge plus, because I feel like she's going to be around for a while. Um, that does seem to be the case. <laughs> but I could still see her kind of bouncing back at some point and switching over to like, all right, I'm, I'm annoyed with you again. Mm. Um, kind of like Luke from Tales of the Abyss. I love him as a character, but he's utterly insufferable for <laughs> the first half of the game. But I think for me, the battle system is actually what's going to carry me through this game. Really interesting. I, I, that was originally the only thing that I liked about it. Um, it reminded me of Final Fantasy Tactics originally. Um, just kind of that strategic kind of moving things around. This is obviously a much more simplified version of it. Um, or at least it seems like it to me. But it, that's kind of like it harkened back to that. So I, that got me excited originally. That gets me excited. We should do a Final Fantasy Tactics series of episodes for the show. I would absolutely it's, love uh, that. It's got a lot of votes on our uh, deck. I my 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 username on our boards is Taylor Ramza. One of them's a made up name, and one of them is well Ramza. So <laughs> I tactics is my second favorite Final Fantasy of all time, only to nine. It'd be my second favorite to twelve. Interesting. That's a oh good. Oh my god. Twelve Which is pisses. Everybody off every time I say that. I don't even want to talk I about think, it. I, 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 I think 12 is a flawed game, but I'm with you that it's underappreciated. I, I, I really enjoyed the more political aspect of it. Me too. We should talk about this sometime. Do you guys remember when the giant of Babel came out of a mountain? <laughs> yes, actually. That was the bomb. <laughs> Do you remember how awesome that was? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, then we went to the moon. <laughs> I can just hey, hear the do you song. guys remember when Kuja got so angry he blew up a planet? Peter, what do you think of Trails in the Sky right now? <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm halfway over the fence, I think. Halfway um, into the you are done with this? I, I'm or... a little less up on it than, than I was expecting, but I'm, I'm I, I I like it. It's this is it's been I've started Trails in the Sky a couple of times before now, and then I've. And I've just never gotten very far in it. There's just something about, like, it's, I have the same reaction towards most of the Tales games, where there's just something about it that I kind of pushes, turns me off a bit. Well, with Tales but, Sally, it could be that it's not good, but sorry. <laughs> they will get so angry at me for saying that. But, yeah, but, I mean, and with, with Trails, though, like, as I'm playing it now, I'm like, I, I like the dialogue between the characters. I really like the the detail in that they put into their into their localization. And I actually do like Estelle as a character. I, I texted one of my friends as I was playing the prologue, saying, "Hey, I think I found your video game spirit animal because <laughs> very sim- they're very similar people. They they both can't cook. Sorry, not sorry. That's terrifying <laughs> that that person exists in real life." I know, right? <laughs> you know what, though? I am on board. If Estelle becomes a, like a gourmand and starts cooking amazing food, we're all going to eat our words, and let's just say I hope that's working. <laughs> she made the egg and rice thing, and that came out all right. Egg explosion? Egg ex- yeah, egg explosion <laughs> on rice. I actually laughed at that line, and I want I tried to find it in Japanese, what it was in Japanese, and I couldn't, because I wanted to know what it was originally, because that was such a funny localization for that Estelle's egg explosion. And, like, the dialogue in that scene, too, like, when 
Josh is in the room with, or Joshua, sure, for clarity's sake, is in the room with Cassius, and, he's, and you just hear, Oh, I didn't think the eggs were supposed to break like that! <laughs> I got, I got, they, uh, they got a, a chuckle out of me from that. I want to know what she's saying in Japanese when she threatens to brain people. I don't know. I'll, I'll, have to look in, I'll, I'll see if I can look into that for the next episode, because I, I, this is the sort of thing where I think there's a lot of flavor in the English localization, and I would be curious how much of it is in the original, and how much of it is Exceed sort of being the skilled translators that they are. Speaking of which, it throws me off every time they talk about like their god. It's called Adios. Does anybody else know that? Knows that? Adidos or something? Yeah. It, I, 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 in my mind, because I, I study Spanish, like I view that as adios, goodbye. And so the first time they're like, praise, adios. And I was like, you're happy, but you want me to leave? Sort of like, praise, oh, I'm out. <laughs> See, I always, I always read it as adios. I don't know why. I Maybe just because a, I didn't... Adios. I Idios? It is. <laughs> it is kind of awkward. Be like either way. It sure is. So, Marcos, what are your thoughts? You've played it before, but you know, for the purposes of our little chat here, how are you feeling? You know, this this far into the game, you know, do you recall when you first played how you felt that sort of thing? Um, I mean, I lost interest, but uh, not for because of the game, because I found uh, interest in something else, more, a little bit more interesting. Uh, again, not blaming the game. Um, so far, like, I don't have an, any opinion on this game, uh, or any uh, good opinion or bad. Um, because, I mean, I've watched a lot of anime myself, and I see, like, a lot of tropes dropping like rain everywhere I turn. And I'm waiting for, like, uh, something to develop out of this, because, like, yeah, we're gonna see these kinds of characters, and, uh, I'm waiting for the next tropey character. This is probably gonna be a little girl joining or something like that. Uh, she won't opening cutscene. I mean, there so, is. if she's not a jungle girl, that's good. I mean, that means it's taking away a little bit. Um, but when are we gonna get the super cool guy with a mysterious past? You mean the thirty-year-old? Oh, that's he, not old. He wears man. a hat. Maybe he wears a hat. Maybe he wields a gun or something. Or maybe he has a softball coach uh, mustache. I mean. <laughs> I mean, uh, Estelle's and Joshua's uh, father sports that. And I mean, oh man, that guy cool. has a mustache to end mustaches. Oh, yeah, like, yeah I mean, I'm impressed with it. Uh, but no, um, I'm gonna give it a little bit more thought. I mean, I'm just looking, see how it goes, and so far, you know, it's a game. Yeah, so far it's a game, ladies it's and gentlemen. Game. That's a real kind of one. <laughs> it's a game. I, I, I sort of, I would say, you know, not to not to pick a weak stance here, but I sort of agree with what all of you were saying uh, for me personally. You know, again, I came in sort of resistant to this game, but I I'm warming up to it. But again, I think just like Josh, I'm on the fence. Uh, I could easily see this becoming a mash A to win everything and then, you know, do your, your perfunctory dungeon. Uh, that that's, that's sort of like what Ease Origin became for me. It was like, all right, whatever. I don't care about the story I'm done. Uh, so for me, I'm enjoying the combat, but I could see it getting so easy that it's no longer of interest to me. Uh, especially for me, because I like things to be very challenging. Um, but I could see the dialogue and story carrying me through, because while I like, you know, this uh, a fascinating, unique, never-been-told-before story, I also really like charming characters told well. Um, and I could see this being that. So I'm I'm on the fence as well. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm also cautiously optimistic. I would say on my first time through, at this point, I was, like, horrified. 
I thought it was just going to be garbage. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know anything about it going in, and I was like, this is some tropey anime bullcrap. Well, like, uh, I, you know, it's funny. So what was the first Legend of Heroes released on PSP? The one with the terrible translations. Does anyone remember? Legend of Heroes, Gag Harv or something. I don't know. Tear of Vermillion or something like that. <laughs> Tears of Sorrow. There were three of on PSP before Trails, and they were all pretty bad. Yeah, like, I played it, and I was like, this game is absolutely terrible. This is JRPG trademark. Like, this is just everything that is... It wasn't bad, or rather, it wasn't... It, it was inoffensive, is perhaps the best thing that it's... <laughs> no, it's a good way to put it, because I looked at them, too, it and was I was fun. like, I don't want to play this. Yeah, but this one, I think, already has established more of an identity for itself. Yeah. Cool. Well, gentlemen, thank you for... About... What's that? The Legend what? of Heroes Akai Shizuku? That's the, the original name. There's the English Gag name. Gag Trilogy. Tear of Vermilion. Oh, yeah, that's Song that's of that's the that's Ocean. Tear of Vermilion and Prophecy of the Moonlight Witch. Tear yeah. the, I think Tear of Vermilion is the one I played, because I remember I desperately wanted an RPG for my PSP. And I just was, I was not happy. Oh, well. <laughs> it's alright though, shortly after I got Crisis Core and everything was okay. Never played that, is that good? Fantastic, we should play it on here. It makes Zack a more interesting character, and it makes Sephiroth a better character. In fact, it does wonders for all of the characters in 7. It's a really fun game, regardless. What if I don't care about the FF7 canon? Uh, you'll like the game regardless. It's a really it, fun game. It's good independent of it. It might make you care about the FF7 canon. Yeah. I find that difficult and hard to believe. Now, are you talking the FF7 canon post-compilation? Because FF7 is, on its own, I think, is a standalone, very interesting story, and I think... Interesting is the right word for it. I think the internet society and the overexposure to Cloud and the compilation have created this personality where Cloud is, like, emo. And Cloud is not emo. Cloud is sort of a big doofus. Like, yeah. he says yeah. cheesy lines. Like, you know, I, I feel like the way Cloud has been portrayed post-FF7 is not, is not consistent with how he is portrayed in FF7, especially at the end. Yeah, I mean, but we yet. should look at him as a cross-dresser before anything else. Yeah, he's a <laughs> yeah. cross-dresser who says, let's move, or let's mosey to the final boss. Like, Oh, gosh, yeah. Th that's that's oh, not a guy God. who sits there going, my darkness is dark and darkness, darkness. Sephiroth is my darkness. I need darkness. It's darkness. I can't be with you, darkness. Like, oh, that's pig's no. heart stuff there, man. No, that is, that's Cloud's entire arc in Kingdom Hearts. I'm so dark. And so yes, it is. I was a little uh, dismayed by that approach. You know, but again, they sort of get passes because all the Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts are sort of just... Brooding? What's one of their tropes? Yeah. Well, not all of them. Like, you know, Yuna, Rika, and Pain are adorable. They're like little fairies. Oh, yeah. They try to steal stuff from you and they're working for Maleficent because apparently evil will always win because good is dumb. Okay, you know, I love Kingdom Hearts, but that is the absolute truth. That series is the ultimate example of evil will always triumph because good is dumb. Because all of the good guys are complete idiots in the Kingdom Hearts series. But they win eventually. They, kind of. They do, but Dream Drop Distance tells you that Sora's superpower is that he's dumb and blunt. Like, it's... Ah, that's, I think that's about... That'll do us for the first episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that note, we played Trails in the Sky, not Kingdom Hearts. This is where FF7. Don't let me card back anything. Let's can we all agree to never play FF7? That game is way too long. You should play FF12 before that. I would Actually, play FF12 before right. 7. Lighten. Yeah. We are lighting things on fire here way too early. 
Calm <laughs> <laughs> down, dude. This is one episode. You can't you can't drop the no FF seven bomb just that soon. So, could 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 we reliably you play know, that game in a month? You are the one who says you yes, want to. Not that long. Yeah, you could. You are the one, and this is a good segue into our, our closing comments. Uh, we are wanting to really have the audience participate with us in this, and you know we know it'll take some time to build up an audience, but we want to hear from you about this. You can email us at retro at rpgfan.com, nice and easy. If you say, you know, if there's a game you want to hear us play, please do suggest it. We have a giant list, but we might have, we, we de- we'll, we've definitely missed stuff. So, you know, let us know. You know, we might get 30 people saying we want Davey to play Final Fantasy VII, and I will force him to play it. Uh, <laughs> I would enjoy well, that. Said it. You know what? I'll, if we do that, I'll play Final Fantasy IV. You know, I hate Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> You guys are lighting things on fire, too. We got the HD After Years thing coming out soon. Yeah, because that shouldn't have been forgotten about. <laughs> because I, too, love fan fiction add-ons to my favorite game stories. But no, no, no. I think, to be fair, uh, or not to be fair, but again, audience, write to us. Tell us, you know, if you think we can improve this show, if there's a way we could change the format. Again, you know, we're, we're sort of... We've set up a rough format for how we're going to do this first game in terms of beginning, middle, and end. But we'd love to hear your suggestions. We'd love to hear what you think as you're playing the game. You know, we'll, we'll talk about this on the message boards. We'll make a new thread. We would love to hear, you know, you know, ideally, since we'll be starting these games at the beginning of every month and you'll know what we're going to play, um, you know, you could sit down and say, hey, I'm going to play along with the Retro Encounter team and, you know, take part in the conversation because that's what we want to do. You know, we want to make... A, a, a message board thread on RPG fan where we're like, hey, this is what I just did and so almost like the play journals that we have going on now. We want this to be sort of us talking about it but also talking about it with you, not just with each other. So please do you know, reach out to us if you know we picked a game that we know a lot of people are fans of for the first one. Uh, so we'd love to hear just your basic thoughts on it. You know, We'll have two episodes right up when this launches. One of them is just episode zero, but whatever. Um... You know, you'll be able to subscribe to us on iTunes and our and, and, and RSS feed. So we want you to basically tell us what you want to hear us talk about. Because, uh, again, if it were up to me, we'd be playing every Kingdom Hearts, Shadow Hearts, and Final Fantasy IX over and over again. Just not everything with hearts in the name. That is Shining a, Hearts. That is a good point. No, I don't like Shining Hearts. I've beaten them. Oh, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> we should play Shining Hearts um, 2. It's a good idea. Yeah, we should. Is that on the dock? Is, is Fantasy Star 4 in the document? This, this uh, you know, I was thinking that the other day. That needs to get on there. So anyway, we can tell them now what we're playing next month. Yeah, what are we because, playing next uh, month, Davey? We're playing Final Fantasy X. Um, this may be... Alright, I'm going to go ahead and make this pack now for the sake of the audience. Can all of us agree? Not all of us might be here for that game. Um, but any of us that will be. Can we all agree that none of us will attempt to emulate Titus's laugh? I'm okay <laughs> no with that. Okay. I, I will not do it, I promise. Because <laughs> I will probably break that rule the moment the episode starts. I, yes. I, I, I'm I, I, I want you to call me on that. I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. I, 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 <laughs> I don't have the capability to not. We couldn't make it 15 seconds. You said during the Final Fantasy X podcast, say, not during this podcast. We should get it. Oh, that is it. Ladies and gentlemen, Retro Encounter 1-1. Good night. We need to get it out of our systems now. <laughs>